Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, Bill Cannon. I'm a retired 27-year veteran of the NYPD, retired as a sergeant at a Manhattan North Homicide Squad. And with me today is the very capable retired detective straight out of Brooklyn, Phil Grimaldi. How are you doing today, Phil? I'm doing pretty good, Billy, and uh, I'm excited to hear that we have uh, a special guest coming up on uh, October 18th at 9 p.m. You want to... Give a little. Uh, uh, I'm going I'm to I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you tell them who it is. Well, basically, it's Chaz Palmateri, well known actor of uh, The Bronx Tale, who uh, wrote in, and uh, starred in that film, which was actually a uh, very iconic film. And uh, he's actually doing something right now with uh, Sammy the Bull Gravano and Michael Franzese, as well as uh, Rudy Giuliani. They're putting together uh, a short thing uh, where they meet. And uh, Chaz is actually going to be. Uh, uh, doing the uh, narration on that, so it'll be great to have him. We'll get the uh, his his feel and his uh, his side of things were, uh, with regard to uh, everything organized crime, uh, law enforcement, and uh, Hollywood acting. You know, Phil, that uh, that line he says, "Now you just can't leave." That goes down as one of the iconic lines. Is uh, "Go ahead, punk, make my day." Yes, you know, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Hasta la vista, baby. I remember yeah. I did. I did security for Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 90s, and I was going all over the city, and everyone was saying, I'll be back. The construction yeah. workers were screaming it off the buildings and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was such, you know, the power of media is unbelievable. Th that's and, such a great line, because if you look at the prequel to it, like he tries to reason with the guys, and then when, when he sees there's no reason with them, he locks the door, and he goes, no, he can't leave. And then I, you know I love that. That's, yeah. that's, an, that's an iconic line, you know? Absolutely. And, and Phil, I just, so everyone knows, I just wanted to thank you for last night. There we are at uh, Ellen B. Spumoni Gardens in, yes. uh, in, in Bensonhurst. The food was unbelievable. I couldn't have been felt more hospitality if I was in my own family's home. And look at that. They even made us the police off the cuff, real crime stories, dessert plate, Sergeant yeah. Bill and Detective Phil. And we have to give them a plug. I thank them so much. The food was amazing. They gave me two pies to take home. My God, I'm eating it today. I'm just like, I, it's it's amazing. What the, the food they have is just amazing. And yeah, so I wanted. To, I met Lenny, one of the owners. Lenny, thank you so much. If you're listening, uh, it was a great night that we had together. And I wish Tommy Dades could have came because. I've never actually met Tommy Dades, but he couldn't make it. That but, uh, that sign that you have there, it's actually 80 years now. That's a that's a sign that uh, it was was a little outdated. That sign, but the current sign is uh, they they started their operation in 1939. I'm actually related to the family for the last 40 years. My cousin married one of the uh, one of the uh, daughters, and uh, so uh, yeah, they're they're very very close to me. My cousin Lenny. He is just super with the food, and uh, you got a good taste of it, Billy. I think you said to me earlier today, I'm still stuffed. So. You know what it is? I, I can't uh, – maybe when I was young, I can't eat like that anymore. I can't yeah. – like there was like eight courses. Yeah. After the shrimp cocktail, I started feeling a little full, and I was like, oh, no. And that was just the appetizer. And then they brought, they brought out pasta. They brought out coconut shrimp. They brought out shrimp and some special sauce. They brought out uh, – Clam stuff, clam stuff, oysters. I was like, 
Oh my God. I don't yeah. think I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to make it. You know, they, they call that the chef's table. It's a little bit of a few appetizers of pasta. We had the, uh, the main course there and then that beautiful dessert palette pl uh, platter. That's all homemade ice cream that they have an ice cream factory back there, which I, I took you on a little tour back there, but uh, yeah, uh, that's really an iconic place as well. It's been around for 80 years and everybody uh, from New York knows it. Actually, uh, when we did Michelle McPhee the other night, when we had her on the show. She was like, Oh, I love that place. So everybody, kind of knows it that uh is anybody in uh, in the new york area absolutely all right so let's get to the business absolutely at hand um you know with the, this whole brian laundry thing and uh, of course gabby petito we can't lose sight of her she is the uh person who was murdered in this case a horrendous case but the search for brian laundry there's really no new news to report other than the fact that the father uh, I believe his name is Chris Laundry. He went out today allegedly to help the police search in the Carlton Reserve uh, to show them places that Brian used to camp, which is to me, it's totally coached from his attorney. It's like, do this. It will show that you helped. I think it's total. It's a total smokescreen. What do you think? Well, uh, based on that development today where he's going out and trying to make an effort. I think I mentioned it the other day when I watched the episode of Dr. Phil from two days ago, um, Gabby Petito's dad said in, in a statement uh, basically that what have you done to try and find your son? And he aimed it at the parents of Brian Laundry. What have you done to find your son? You've done nothing other than report him missing to the police. So he was basically called out on that. Uh, he went on to say the father, that is Gabby's father, went on to say that from the minute we knew our daughter was missing, we couldn't get in front of enough cameras to plead for her safe return. We put her picture out there. They were on a 24-7 uh, mission to try and get their daughter back safely. Unfortunately, that wasn't to be. We know what, uh, what happened when she was recovered. Um, so I think he shamed, uh, Chris Laundry into going out there today and, uh, you know, trying to, uh, show good faith and show the uh, police where, uh, they might find, uh, you know, might, might find Brian. I think it's just nonsense. Um, I don't think he's anywhere in that Carlton preserve. I think it's just a smokescreen. Like you said, if anything, He's probably up in that uh, Fort DeSoto Park area where they went camping a few days before. And and I know, Bill, you have a, differ, uh, a difference of opinion with regard to where he is now. And uh, I just think that they, they, they saw what was going on in the media. Uh, Dr. Phil basically summed it up when he said, you're, you're presenting yourself to be nothing uh, that's helping you or your son's cause at this point. Uh, everything that you do and all the actions you've taken from the minute that Gabby was missing uh, is detrimental to you going forward. So they were probably shamed into that. I guess uh, maybe like you said, the lawyer said, listen, get out there and do something. They came up with the idea. Let's go get a hold of the police and we'll say, come and look for Brian here or there. And it's, well, let me, Phil, let me go to this uh, tape. We'll uh, show it live here. Sure. Have one of the things to say about your son? Mm -hmm. Lonely, you got a sex for him today. Mm -hmm. 
Hey, look at the caravan following them, right? <laughs> Listen, this is what they're going to go through uh, from here forward till uh, Brian is working uh, <laughs> Yeah, so that's uh, that's that. You know, it's. Um, Would you say that that statement he made? We're going to look for Brian. Would you say it's a self-serving statement, Bill? One hundred percent. I think that he was probably coached by his attorney uh, to go go out there and act like you're helping the police. I, yeah. I I believe that they know where their son is because they think they helped him to get wherever he is. And my thoughts and my belief is is that he's out of this country. And I'll tell you why because I don't think. He's a survivalist. I don't think he could survive in the Carlton Preserve or in the Appalachian Trail. I think they gave him a large amount of cash because he can't use a card because then they could track the card. They gave him a large amount of cash. He got outside the country to Mexico or something like that. And no one's no one's looking in Mexico. No one's looking in a foreign country right now unless someone spots him and he raises his head. I don't see them looking at it. I think they're spinning their wheels in the Carlton Preserve. I mean, there was another short, um, I want to show you this this video here. It was uh, whether or not he could actually survive uh, outside in the Carlton Preserve. And there's a survivalist expert that's going to speak to this. Uh, let's put this up on the screen. Where like it. Francis Tapon is the author of the book, Hike Your Own Hike, Seven Lessons from Backpacking Across America. Francis, thank you for being with us. You've hiked the Appalachian Trail. So what kind of skills would Brian Laundrie need to survive there over the last three weeks? Well, it's not too hard to do it for three weeks. Uh, the challenge will be once the winter comes. So some of the skills will just be able to make a, a simple shelter, maybe set some traps so you can eat some simple animals and take advantage of the vegetation around around you. But the real question will be, how can you survive the winter? That's when things get really tough. Now, you say the winter, I'm, when you say small animals, I'm thinking, you know, Brian Laundrie reportedly had some survival skills, but I mean, are you thinking that he's out there like eating on squirrels or do you think he's coming out? And again, I know that we're not trying to speculate here, um, but small animals like rabbits, birds, or would he maybe get away from the trail and come back closer to civilization and maybe forage through dumpsters? Yeah, that's actually probably a better strategy, but a riskier strategy, because it is really hard to get enough calories to sustain yourself. And remember that at this time of year in the Appalachian Trail, the temperatures are really starting to drop at night. And so I assume that you would have a sleeping bag or something like that to keep them warm. But you burn a lot more calories when it's cold. And so you really need to take a lot more calories in. And that's hard to do when you're just foraging. So if he is out there in a place like the Appalachian Trail, the cold is a concern, especially as we approach these cooler months. But what kinds of techniques would he have to have to stay warm? I mean, would he have to be uh, would he have to have those kinds of uh, sleeping bags and all of the layers that he would need to stay warm ahead of time? Or is there some way that he might maybe bury himself under, you know, underground? Yeah, he could take a lot of dead leaves and that creates some insulation and that creates some loft if you will you can put, shove that into your into your shirt and that kind of stuff to create like a, a poofy jacket if you will I, I would hope that he would I mean, if, if he's trying to survive or anybody's trying to survive that you would have some level of, of preparation but if you didn't have anything yeah you could pull it off 
for a little bit, but ultimately I think he's going to have a real tough time because one of the key things that a lot of people do for surviving cold temperatures is what? Start a fire. And that's kind of hard to do because he's going to attract a lot more attention if he starts a fire. Good point. And I think a lot of people were thinking about that next. Um, we really appreciate your time. I love when she said, we don't want to speculate. Isn't that her job? Isn't it all they do is speculate? I, I, I just love that line. And you know something? Maybe he'll just order a sleeping bag from Amazon and they'll deliver it right into the Carlton Reserve. You know, it's like, uh, how can you possibly stay warm? I mean, I love when they bring up stuff like that. See, we don't do things like that. We're too straight out and we know the realities of this. But I don't think that he could, first of all, Couple of, couple of nights ago, I was up in my room and it dropped to 40 degrees. And I was like, I didn't know if I was going to survive. I'm just kidding. But uh, just think of being outside uh, at nighttime when the temperature drops to 40s, 30s. And it's not even wintertime yet. Listen, in the heart of summer. Well, before I comment on that, I just want to back up a little bit. Uh, with regard to the, the dad, Chris Laundry, when he was in front of cameras, probably hundreds of times in the last few weeks, they didn't utter one sentence, not one word, not one sentence, probably on the advice of the attorney, walk past the cameras, don't even say no comment. Now this time he's walking out of the house and again, a self-serving statement, we're going to look for Brian, whatever. It's just, it, it, it's it's so choreographed. It, he's been, it, yeah, he's been coached. Come on. Yeah, it, it, it's ridiculous. But getting back to that last segment that you played, that last uh, thing with the survivalists, I agree with that all 100%. And, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I, I was of the opinion that he's probably in that Fort DeSoto Park area that it seems like the only place, I mean, based on what we know him, the little bit of history we have on him, maybe there was that, uh, they went and got that camper. They went and maybe they hid some stuff in the woods, uh, supplies and things like that, uh, that he's trying to survive out there. But you know, uh, now that I'm thinking and I'm hearing this and I'm hearing your side of it, Bill, that he may be out of the country. Yeah. It has to be a long-term plan. If he's really going to take off, you know, he's facing murder rap. The, the, in the short term to go into those woods, like the, like the survivalist said, you know, a few weeks would, would be okay. But in the long term, he's never, I mean, if you go into uh, the woods uh, during the summertime, when it's, you know, 85, 90 degrees at night, it gets cool. Uh, I'm talking about uh, 85, 90 degrees during the day. At, at night, it gets cool. It could drop. And even if it's 60 degrees, if you're in that environment, you're going to need some type of a blanket. It starts to get chilly. You know, your body temperature is 98.6. If you're living in an environment of 60 overnight, that could uh, bring on hypothermia. Now, we're talking probably much lower than that this time of the year. It might be going down into the 40s, like you said. So, uh, yeah, weather is going to be a major concern. They did have uh, enough prep time to maybe pack clothing and stuff like that to keep them warm. They could have bought in hand warmers. They could have bought in uh, protein bars, you know, uh, that you can take into the wilderness. They're small and they, they uh, have a lot of calories, um, you know, a couple of cases of those. And you could probably with some water, cases of water, maybe you could probably last. Uh, you can survive for, I don't know, maybe a couple of months. But again, now that I'm thinking about the long term, if they had a long term strategy in this, what is their long term strategy? Is he out of the country? And then how does he sustain once he gets into, let's say, Mexico or some other place? What is he going to do to support himself, survive, shelter, uh, money? Uh, even if he has a large sum of money on him, 
you know, uh, if he goes into Mexico and he goes into, let's say, Tijuana or one of them places, there's a lot of banditos in those areas. They may look to, to rip him off, you know. So he, he I, I think wherever he is, whether it be in the woods in, in Fort DeSoto Park or if he's in another country, his time is limited before he's going to be revealed and uh, brought to justice. I really feel that. I don't think it's going to be much longer. You know, one of the things I'm uh, still a little bit uh, perplexed about is why haven't they released Gabby Petito's body to the family? Absolutely. Uh, that's perplexing to me. And part two of that is why haven't they, at this point, released the cause of death? I mean, I don't think they need to hold that that close to the vest because, first of all, if he is the suspect, I know they call him the person of interest, he's already obtained counsel. So they can't interview him anyway. Uh, and I'm sure, I, I almost guarantee you that his, his attorney knows the cause of death. I'm sure that he could just subpoena that or freedom of information law that and they, they'd have to tell him. Uh, but they're holding it very, very close to the vest. And this that's not uncommon for the FBI. They, they hold on to the information and not share it even with other law enforcement agencies. Uh, you, do you think, having said that, you think the FBI is actively involved in this search? I'm sure that they are. Uh, I mean, listen, just based on the uh, the stuff that we've uh, we've pointed out earlier, you know, cell phone technology, and uh, you know, if he's got a burner phone, there's obviously ways to track those as well. And uh, if there's any, you know, if he's stupid enough to be using some type of uh, of a cash card. Now, I think I, I said this before, you can purchase a gift card, an American Express gift card or a Visa gift card in a store, and it's used just like a credit card. So if you load it with 500 and you get a few of them, he could be making purchases in a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts or whatever it is and not be tracked on that. That's going to be a little bit difficult. But, uh, you know, going to what you said about the body not being released, that is definitely perplexing perplexing. And the only thing I can come up with is that they're continuing to do forensic examination, maybe uh, using certain technologies to try and recover evidence from the remains. Uh, you know, maybe it was uh, so badly decomposed. Maybe that's, yeah, but you know, you know, Phil, Barbara Butcher, who is, uh, was the chief of staff of the New York city OCME for 24 years, that one of the premier experts on death investigation said, there is no reason after the autopsy is concluded that they do not really release the body to the family. So that's coming from Barbara Butcher. I don't know exactly who, who the FBI uses that's more qualified than her. I think that even um, that famous pathologist, Michael Bodden has weighed in on this case. And I, I think he, it also was a little perplexed as to why the cause of death hasn't yet been released. Uh, Liana Samotino, um, the I wonder family, if it's a uh, relation to Bruno Sammartino. I, I remember Bruno Sammartino, the famous wrestler. Yes. The, the family through the burner phone let him know where the police would be searching. It is a show orchestrated with their lawyer to do damage control. The public is angry and and uh, the bounty, and that's where you left off. Yeah, I agree with you, uh, Liana. I think you're very astute with that. I very good that. instincts on that one about the yeah. orchestrating of, you know, oh, we're going to search for Brian. So, yeah. I think it's strategy. Yeah, the attorney told them, you know, this will help you. 
100%. Going back to the body not being released, if it was a few days, I'd say, okay, maybe they wanted to do some follow-up further uh, testing or examination, you know, to recover evidence. We're talking about weeks now. It's a very odd. I don't think I've ever seen a case like that in the past where the body's being held and the cause of death is being held. And listen, maybe the cause of death, they're waiting to get him in custody and, and do it in arraignment, let's say. But uh, the, the fact that the body's not released to the family, very, very odd and strange, you know, Bill? Yeah, I mean, someone in the chat, Boston Christian, so in a normal circumstance, they would have released the body. 100%. After the autopsy is conducted, they really don't have a need for the body after that uh, because they've done all their tests. They've done all their scientific research on the body. The autopsy, by definition, is an internal examination of the body after death. And they do other tests, which are called toxicological tests. And those tests can take from four to six weeks, maybe some types of tests even longer. But there's still no reason to hold the body at that point. Uh, you, you know, you know, Bill, uh, tissue samples, photograph of the body externally, you, like you said, internal examination, um, x-rays, all of those things could take place in a day, maybe two. It just, I don't know, it, it, there must be something maybe because of, of the uh, amount of decomposition or if there might have been animal intervention that they wanted to hold it and do further exams. But now we're going on weeks. It just doesn't seem very likely that that's the cause. I don't know. I'm, I'm a, a little bit uh, confused and troubled by that. Yeah, I think that, you know, you know, we only know what we're told uh, by the media and by, uh, you know, the local police. But in this case, the, the FBI has been extremely, extremely closed-lipped, which is not uncommon for the FBI. That is pretty much their MO on, on a lot of investigations. But, you know, even some reporters have said, you know, not, that, not that they dictate police or law enforcement policy, but this is a little strange that they're holding it this close to the vest. Um, Gabby Petito's father is going to speak out on... Uh, Ashley Banfield tonight. I'm just going to put this on the screen for a sec. We'll see what she has to say about this. Well, that, you know, every step of the way. Um, and then being given this just horrendous news that uh, a sweatshirt had been discovered in the Wyoming park uh, where they were last spotted. Um, and that sweatshirt being a special sweatshirt of Gabby's. So just horrifying news for this family, what they've been through. Joe Petito is Gabby's father. Is that correct? Correct. So one of the things that's really unique about this family, maybe confusing for, for folks that don't have mixed families, I have the same mixed family where four of us parent our children together. It's the same for Gabby's family. Joe has a wife named Tara. And then uh, Gabby's mom, Nicole, has a husband named Jim. And that stepdad, Jim, went out to Grand Teton and actually was there uh, when the sheriff's deputies uh, told them that they had discovered the remains and that the sweatshirt was likely Gabby's. And, and it was Jim that, that got on the conference call, Adrian, and told the rest of the family back home in Long Island that indeed it was um, it was Gabby. He also built that, that tiny little memorial in the grand shadows of those mountains uh, to, to Gabby, a stone cross and a, a small um, collection of flowers. It's just 
this story has captured so many people's attention. You, you mentioned the blended families. I think most of us come, I mean, at least we have somebody in our family who is just like this. Mm -hmm. uh, but keeping all of the names straight, there are so many people who have come out in support of the Petito family. And uh, of course, they've been very vocal throughout this inve investigation. They publicly have said that they believe that Laundrie's parents know far more than what they're sharing uh, with anybody, including investigators. Um, but it sounds like the laundry's father has actually been asked to go and help with the investigation now. Does this surprise you at all? I, I mean, I was gobsmacked because my first inclination was to think, well, what could he do? I mean, you know, for over two and a half weeks, Adrian, some of the best searchers uh, in that state have been combing that reserve, the Carlton Reserve. They've had bloodhounds. They've had heat-seeking devices. They've had drones. They've had swamp buggies. They've had, uh, you know, a, over a dozen different agencies with all their expertise looking for Brian Laundry because the parents told us that's where he headed off hiking. Here's the problem. They told us he headed off hiking on Tuesday, the 14th of September, and then just in the last few days misremembered it and suggested, oh, maybe it's a day earlier on the 13th. So the reliability of the information coming from the laundry household is definitely something that uh, begs scrutiny. Uh, so the fact that they would ask Christopher Laundry, Brian's dad, to come on over to the reserve and give us a hand, I think it's odd. I think there's definitely some strategy going on there. Regardless, that was called off yesterday. That plan to have him help was called off yesterday. Oh. Uh, they, they, they hope it will return, they say. They hope they get a chance to you know, jump in and, you know, help out. We're ready to get answers to this and find Brian Laundry. And I know that the conversation must continue uh, for the sake of this story and this family getting closure. Ashley, thank you so much. We what does it mean to get gobsmacked? <laughs> All I know is this thing stinks of, you know, CYA, cover your ass. Uh, they're remembering now it's the 13th. They know that there's people or witnesses that are going to put them on this trip on the 13th. They're just trying to prevent a perjury uh, trap or something like that. And and it's all strategy. Uh, real quick about the body not being released. I just thought of this. Maybe they have intention. I don't know if this is the case, but the only thing I could think of, maybe the family has intention of cremating the body and they want to preserve it for whatever reasons, maybe uh, for, for testing. And, and that's, I, I mean, I'm still at a loss for trying to explain that but uh going back to this whole show that they're putting on it's all it's all uh it's all nonsense you know the uh the, the dr phil on the show the other day he described brian as an abuser a narcissistic self-absorbed abuser and i think that the parents are also narcissistic and self-absorbed uh, because of their lack of empathy towards the family and their lack of cooperation with uh, helping uh, to, uh, you know, to try and locate uh, Gabby from when she was, uh, you know, first realized to be missing when, when the son returned home. So, I, I, you know, the old saying, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. They have a, they have a narcissistic and self-absorbed uh, uh, look to them. And I think that that kind of fits with uh, with Brian as well. You know, we were all conjecturing uh, early on, how was she identified so quickly uh, when they found her body like 250 yards from that van out in the out in the, that field? And the we got the answer. She had a very unique type of sweatshirt 
and I'm sure combined with some other things, potentially the tattoos she had on her arms, if in fact the skin was still available after 23 days being out in the wilderness. But the sweatshirt apparently was very uh, indicative of uh, unique to, I, I believe, maybe where she lived out on Long Island. And they were able to make the ID uh, based on those factors. Yeah, that's what the attorney said the other day on the show, on the Dr. Phil show, that the family, uh, the dad was talking about, uh, not the dad, the stepdad was talking about how uh, he was notified from the FBI that a body was found and how it was very close to uh, uh, Gabby's description. There was another female that was also missing in that area. There was actually four people, but there was another female that had a, a close resemblance to Gabby. But once they spotted this specific article of clothing, uh, they said that that's how they knew they identified it as being Gabby's remains. And the attorney jumped in and said it was a very specific to a local uh, area. I, 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 I'm just surmising that it was Long Island, uh, something to do with Long Island. Maybe it was a specific sh uh, sweatshirt from a place that she frequented, in a restaurant, a bar. Uh, you know, it could be a, a specific local store or something to that effect. So that's how they kind of right away said that it was uh, that it was Gabby. Downtown Trina Brown, she asked the question, police off the cuff, should it be a concern that the guy doing her autopsy is just a regular MD without experience? I think that's a little concerning. I think Barbara Butcher weighed in on that on Duty Ron's show, that she felt that uh, that's really not uh, – not okay that a, a pathologist should really do the autopsy. And that's why, you know, when you talk about the science of death, scientists from across the country, there should be federal standards on the investigation of death that's put in place by the federal government. Because there's towns that have coroners. Coroners don't have to have any other uh, qualifications other than maybe I think a college degree and maybe not even in a scientific field. So, they really need to get their stuff together as far as who investigates death and there needs to be national standards as suggested uh, by Barbara Butcher. Phil, I'm just going to give you a quick, uh, you can do the read on Joe Murray. Joe Murray, attorney at law. Have you found yourself in a jam? Are you in need of legal counsel in the New York area? Do you need a victim's advocate? Well, Joe Murray is your man. He's not only an experienced trial attorney, he also has a 15 year member experience of the NYPD. His website is jmurray-law.com. That's jmurray-law.com. His telephone number is 646-838-1702, 646-838-1702. Or you could email Joe at joe at jmurray-law.com, joe at jmurray-law.com. He knows both sides of the fence. Joe Murray's been uh, making his rounds of the uh, the YouTube channels, and uh, he's great. He's a great uh, legal mind to have on our show. We like to have him on as often as possible. There's a rumor he may even start his own channel, but I'm not going to spread that rumor. <laughs> oh, yeah, listen, oh, I, I wish we had him today when when I was commenting about the uh, you know the legal strategy maybe of. Uh, the laundry family now trying to go out, uh, the dad to, to go out and do a search. And uh, that statement he made, I, I categorize it as a self-serving statement. If Joe was in the uh, chat or if he was here, I'd like to hear his comment on that. But I'm sure we'll get it in, uh, in a future show. Yeah, I, I think that the, the father going out, it's really, I, it's a smokescreen to me. 
It, it smells of his attorney advising him to do that, you know, anticipating future questions. And, um, you know, uh, again, it's not, it's disingenuous, I feel, you know. Absolutely. I mean, you know, based on the fact that all those uh, uh, text messages, calls uh, went unanswered by, uh, by uh, Brian Laundrie's family. I mean, uh, after, you know, Gabby was living in their home for about two years. Uh, I mean, to me, that's uh, almost like she was like a daughter to them. Uh, and, you know, for them not to even respond to the parents' uh, outcry to try and find uh, Gabby, I mean, that's just, that shows narcissistic behavior, I would say. And uh, it's actually quite disgusting, but uh, we've already been through that. So, yeah, I, I don't know uh, when they're going to come on board. I, I guess the, the, the little bit of strategy that the father displayed might be going in the direction that we wanted to go in. You know, uh, they have to, you know, bring Brian in. And let the chips fall where they're going to fall with regard to the charges. And then there's a, a you know criminal justice system in place that he'll get his day in court. And if there's enough evidence to convict him, uh, he'll be convicted. And if there isn't, uh, then it, it goes the way it goes, you know. And this the, the parents, I think, maybe based on the fact that he's trying to show a little bit of uh, cooperation with law enforcement, that he wants to try and do a search. It sounds like they, they blew him off. But, uh, you know, it sounds like they're trying to make – uh, their way to the, uh, you know, the, the, the direction that we would like this thing to, uh, to go in where, you know, th there's a criminal justice, uh, uh, you know, uh, apparatus in place and, and he needs to go down that path. And, uh, you know, this is not going away uh, Maybe they had a, a quick plan. Let's put him out in the woods or wherever he is and, you know, we'll figure it out, but, uh, it's not going away. And, and they're not going to be able to have one minute's piece going to a, uh, a shop right to go grocery shopping or whatever it is. So it's, it's, uh, it's not going away. So I, they really have to get with the program, find out where he is, bring him in and then go from there. Folks, if you're not subscribed to police off the cuff, please go on our YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit that bell so you can get future episodes and give us a thumbs up. We also have a Patreon and I'll, I'll put that on the, on the screen. Uh, there's our Patreon site. We have three levels, the bucket, uh, polished my rack, and dipped in butter. And we also have, we're gaining more and more memberships. I think we have like 83 or 86 people joined our YouTube channel. And we have four levels of that. And the, the first one is the bucket. Second one is polish my rack. It's $2.99, $9.99. For $24.99, you can be dipped in butter. And for the premier one, $49.99 a month, you're heated dipped in butter. And all the folks in our chat that are highlighted in green, uh, they're members of our YouTube channel. In addition, we have merchandise on. You can go on our site, policeoffthecuff.com. We have some am amazing merchandise. We have coffee cups with our emblem on it. We have uh, stickers. We have shirts with Polish My Rack on the front. I don't know if you would want that, but uh, we, we, we find there's some amusement to that. And uh, Bill, so why don't you put that banner up, that new banner of uh, Sergeant Bill and Detective Phil? I just want to see if maybe we throw it up and see if people like it. Maybe some thumbs up. There's I, our I, new banner. Yeah, that looks nice. I like that. Uh, Let's see our, if in the chat maybe some people put thumbs up. Here's another one. Uh, uh, another. Oh, that's the same same looking one. Josh, our our producer, he was working tirelessly for us. Here's some more real crime stories, Sergeant Bill, Detective Phil. 
Josh is working tirelessly for us, and uh, we're proud of the work he does. Um, oh, you also show the shirt you you uh, gave Sammy the Bull. I, you know, I I got to put that icon here. I don't have it to, uh, but that one says "Police Off the Cuff" on the front of it, and there's uh, you know, Sammy the Bull wearing it on our show. That we uh, that was sort of uh, done as a um, as a joke, but it was it, I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, but, it's, uh, Sammy mentioned our show in his podcast the other day, and I'm going to have a conversation with him to thank him for doing that. And uh, there's a couple of things going on behind the scenes. We don't know. Maybe uh, he may be coming back on our show sometime soon, hopefully. And uh, we have a couple of things. We got that Chaz, Chaz Palmateri uh, episode on the 18th at 9 p.m. So all of the uh, interesting subject matter that we'll be going through over the next uh, you know, future uh, episodes. Absolutely. You know, we agree. We just wanted to stay on the air today for 35 minutes. We didn't want to, we were, we were just a one minute over, but I want to thank all you folks who came by in the afternoon. You're our real, real fans. And I see all you guys in the green font. That means your members, um, Maui Swift, you're always, you're around all the time. I see you on our Instagram. You're a big fan. You're a big supporter. I hope you guys don't mind me calling your fans. I know People in the YouTube world like to be called subscribers and not fans, but I I find the, the term interchangeable. Um, Sa Santa Elise Holt Johnson, thank you so much for being in the Police Off the Cuff family. Carol Loving Alaska, thank you for all your support. Single Mama Four, I mean you guys are great. Thank you again, Boxing MMA. All you guys in the chat, Angela Ang, of course. Uh, Angie, Angie's here. Angie's amazing. Factual breakdown. Uh, factual breakdown. I'm waiting for Joshua to make me a shirt. Polish my rack after hours. I, I, I didn't even think of that one. That one's even better. That's uh, that's great. I love that. Uh, so, you know, we got a lot of exciting things coming up. We're going to stay on this case for as long as it's in the consciousness. Hopefully, uh, I didn't mean to say consciousness. As long as it's out there and there's a purpose for this, hopefully, They'll find Brian Laundry and will cover when he gets caught. Uh, this case has grabbed everyone's hearts uh, internationally, not just nationally. Some people are complaining about that. Oh, why is this case getting all this attention? It just somehow grabbed the public's, um, you know, heartstrings and, and their mind, and people are interested in it. So anybody, anybody that takes exception to that, I would uh, tell them to go watch that episode on Dr. Phil, and you'll fall in love with the family as well as – uh, Gabby, and we want justice for Gabby. On another note, uh, we've been covering the Summer Welds case. We're going to try and do an updated show over the, the next couple of days, and uh, just to keep that in the in the news media. And hopefully, there's going to be some justice uh, in that case. And uh, you know, uh, we're right on top of this case. Whatever happens going forward, if he's captured, we'll be on it, and we'll follow through if there's. Uh, you know, updates with uh, hearings and trial and stuff like that. So we're not going to drop this case. We want justice for Gabby. We want justice for Summer Welds. We want justice for all crime victims. And uh, that's really what uh, we're trying to do, have a conversation, keep it alive, explain things to our viewers, our subscribers, our fans. So uh, that's the goal. And that's the uh, that's the uh, the mission for Police Off the Cuff Real Crime, crime Stories going forward. Duty Ron, thank you for the five dollars super chat. He had to remind me that he he lent me Joshua. That's you know? right. And I think what this is really is this is Duty Ron telling me get off the air because I want to go live now. 
So, uh, <laughs> but Duty Run, thank you for all you do. Thank you for helping me out on uh, my YouTube channel. Uh, he's Duty Ron is doing unbelievably, and I'm trying to uh, walk in his footsteps, you know. So uh, we'll see what happens. Anyway, got any final words, Phil? Final words, just yeah, you know, we put together this uh, this uh, type of uh, broadcast, and we do put a little bit of maybe like uh, you want to call it comedy, entertainment, whatever. But we do tackle serious subjects. We try to give our professional opinions on it. Uh, we have almost 50 years of experience in actual active law enforcement. However, my whole adult life has been law enforcement related, just as you, Bill. And we're doing this now, which is law enforcement related. So uh, just looking forward to the future uh, things that we have coming up. And uh, thank you to all the subscribers. Thank you to all the viewers, the listeners, the fans, whatever you want to call them. And uh uh, you know, justice for Gabby is what we're talking about today. Absolutely. Kathy G, first time here from Florida. Make sure you subscribe, Kathy G. Uh, Maui Smith. Maui Swift. <laughs> I see you everywhere. I see you in the chat, see you on Instagram. Thank you so much for your support. Marie Green, thank you. Thank you, too. Johanna Petitos, rather. Okay. Um Nanalana, I do not have the money to join right now, but I watch every show. Nanalana, you know, we don't need your money. Just we need you as a fan. Stay in the chat. We're so great. It's not about the money. It's about right. the, the the people that understand and appreciate what we do. And so thumbs up to that. Absolutely. Anyway, so on behalf of myself, Bill Cannon, and Phil Grimaldi from Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories, thank you so much for tuning in today and have a great day. Stay safe, everyone.